Welcome! Y saludos, amigos! Nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod, presented to you by the Room 303 Network. Uh, I am your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host. Jason, what's up, everybody? Glad to have you back. Uh, we're back from hiatus. Had a lot of stuff going on, but we're ready for a good episode. Yeah, start of the school year for me, so it's pretty hectic. Um, this might not be the first or I'm sorry, this might not be the last time that we do that we do a couple weeks between episodes, but we want to get you guys as much stuff as possible. Let's get into this, though, Jason. Once we start getting paid for this, may, maybe, who knows? That's you true. Know. That's true. You never know. Um, but we are excited to have you with us today for another great show. Jason, what have you been up to? What you got going on, man? Um, so I just got back from a trip to California. I uh, went to go see uh, the uh, the Room 303 boys, Eric and Jermaine. Shout, shout, shout out to them. Uh, Nick doesn't live in California, so but shout out, Nick. Um, we went to a show in L.A. to watch one of my favorite podcasts, Fantasy Footballers, because we're getting ready for the fantasy football season, baby. Football's almost here. It's around the corner. Start doing your mock drafts. Start getting ready uh, to draft, so I'm excited about that. So got a nice little fun trip. Because I decided to take a trip because I started a new job, dude. Started officially Monday the 28th. Yeah, I'm in the office doing all the training and stuff, but um, we'll be fully remote after that. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice, nice. I'm happy to hear that, man. That's awesome. Glad that you've got a new job. You got to take a cool trip. Um, Yeah, that's dope, man. What about you? And I just got a couple things. I did... I wanted to mention them. They're not new, but I did want to mention them. Uh, the untold stories of Johnny Menzel and then the Florida one with Swamp Kings. Pretty interesting watches. I really like all the untold stuff. And I got I got Gabby to watch the Manti Teo one. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, man. That, that what is it? Ronaya. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I'm like, God. What a shitty person. Dark. You're such a narcissist. Well, yeah, like, they, they tried to feel like a victim, too, in, in that episode, too. I, I don't know if they tried to feel like a victim. We've talked about it. It sounded time. like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they did, but the whole thing kind of puts it into perspective. Like, sure, we know why mm-hmm. you did this. Like, there's, there's some kind of reasoning for you, but, like, it still doesn't make it okay. It's yeah. not okay. It's not, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, but so we watched those. The Johnny Menzel one. Is as expected. It's by the end of it, I was like, eh, "You did kind of get what you deserved." You yeah. let it all in your head. And I'm currently about to finish Swamp Kings. I heard uh, Swamp Kings yeah. was kind of uh, disappointing. Why? What would you hear about it? Not enough Tebow. Not enough about Aaron Hernandez. Not enough about the Pouncy Twins. Uh, there's like they'll, there's, I feel they said that there's a lot that they missed. Well, that's interesting. I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I feel like there's a good amount of Tebow actually, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, it still makes Urban Meyer not look super great. So I'm like, oh, well, at least kind of sheds light on how he did it. He, he did some interesting things, as coaches do. Yeah. As coaches do, right? Um, but his his certain style was clearly shown not to work um, in every setting, including the NFL. So Yeah, that was hot garbage. Yeah, yeah. 
so I watched those, and then I do have some news about the movie studios and their money that they're making and not giving to their writers or actors. But uh, Barbie is now the number one all-time movie for Warner Brothers. It surpassed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. It has currently $1.34 billion earned worldwide. Oppenheimer is at $800 million. That's crazy. Yeah. Angel Studios, the, the studio that put out Sound of Freedom, actually has made enough money off of Sound of Freedom, which is now going to be releasing uh, in a lot of international markets as well. They had a, a crowdfunding, like a not GoFundMe, but they did like yeah. funding to actually market the movie, which is why you didn't see a lot of marketing for the film. Like, yeah, because Angel Studios is very small. small. Studio. Yeah. They're very small. So they actually had to ask people for money to do marketing campaigns, and they paid them back because of how much money they made. $5 million uh, paid back to the crowdfunders, which is pretty cool. That's cool. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really cool story. Shout out to the studio for making a, from what I'm hearing, a great movie. At this point, guys, not going to lie, I'm going to wait for it to come out on streaming so I can rent or buy it. Um, so I haven't seen it yet, but trust me, I am on my way to watching that as soon as I can. Um, I also wanted to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. Did you see that they pretty much greenlit the sequel and they're going to get a TV show? that has all the voice actors in it, like the That's freaking cool. Bring back uh, Mondo Gecko. Yeah. Ah, oh, they should, right? They should. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Um, a little bit more box office stuff. So apparently I saw a trend in, I think it was a Screen Rant article that talked about, uh, it wasn't exactly talking about this, but it makes a mention of how established franchises did not quite live up to expectations in the box office this summer. Uh, original original stuff did pretty damn well. And we're looking at Barbie, and yes, it's IP, but it doesn't have a, a serious background in theaters. Uh, then we're looking at an Oppenheimer. That is not franchise. I would say Ninja Turtles is, is definitely franchise, but it was franchise. out of the out of the pattern that we're seeing because Indiana Jones underperformed transformers underperformed the flash underperformed fast 10 mission impossible. All these movies underperformed and movies like elemental, although they had to like climb back, they did do well. And these were original stories. So I hope Hollywood is not ignoring the fact that these original stories are doing just as well as franchises. And we don't just see franchise. movies. Yeah. Kind of, Kind of happy to hear that. Right. right. Although, although you know, some of these movies I was excited to see, and I haven't seen a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah. But It feeds into the point, right? Yeah. We were more excited about other things that we went to the theater to go see uh, as opposed to these franchises. Right, right. And I'm not saying that these franchises are bad or anything. They just underperformed. Audiences don't want to see the same thing over and over. Like, honestly, man, I'm, I don't want to see another fast whatever. I think 10 is supposed to be the last one, right? That was it? It's yeah. over? I, who knows? Maybe, maybe since it did it, since it underperformed, maybe. But if it keeps making money, the spinoffs, but the Fast and Furious should be done. At least in my mm. opinion. Hopefully. Um, 
I, I hate to beat a dead horse too, but you know, we were talking about um, superhero movies going the way of the Western. Right. So the other day I was thinking about it and the Western film uh, had a bit of a renaissance. I think it was in the early seventies with the fistful of dollars trilogy, which is a fistful of dollars, a fistful or a fistful more. Uh, and then there's the good, the bad and the ugly. And they all serve as prequels to each other, but that's neither here nor there. It's a trilogy of movies that brought, uh, they're the spaghetti Westerns that brought Westerns back to the forefront and people again got excited about them. Uh, and I was just thinking in my head, like, we kind of need that right now for superhero movies. And I'm thinking, I would say Spider-Verse could probably be the best example of that with its good storytelling. Uh, especially because we're seeing animated movies really make a, they're 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 making a, a run right now. Some of the best mm. movies this year have been the animated films. So I was just wondering what you thought about like whether or not we could get like a certain a certain trilogy or movie that kind of just like brings back the the excitement for all these superhero films and what you think it might be. Well, I, I mean, like like you said, the animation movies, uh, for example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Spider-Man, those were awesome, dude. So, I mean, again, it's my problem. I, I'm not – I'm still going to keep watching those superhero movies, but um, – I mean, that's, there's still some good Westerns that came out in the 90s and even in the 2000s, you know, so I don't think it's ever going to go away. No, not fully. No, there's no – It's like there's going to be, like, so many of them being pumped out at once. Like, they may take a break and be like, all right, we need to slow it down and actually make them quality versus mm -hmm. quantity. And I think that's where we're at right now is quantity. Yeah, hopefully we, we get into that quality stage and we get a steady release of these films and they don't have to be pumped out. And and we don't get subpar stuff with partial storytelling or terrible CGI. Um, so I, I'm hoping Spider-Verse kind of is that. Like if that third movie just blows away everyone. Oh, man, that would be great for me. because I'm. Big I mean, especially how they left us in that cliffhanger. I don't see how it's not going to crush box office. Uh, really? Well, that's the thing. It's hard, to, it's hard to make the same kind of money with animation for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like adults are anti-animation. Shrek? Uh, you know. Huh? Shrek? I love Shrek. Yeah. But when you look at the movies that made the most money, uh, it's not always. I think. I think it's. There are very few animation movies that are in the top. That part. is true. I think uh, older adults that uh, not maybe a little bit over like millennials, like above us, like they're like, oh, a cartoon movie, like what? Well, that's for kids. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I get it, but that's kind of not the case anymore, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of animation aimed at adults, uh, not just in shows, but even. Even the Spider Verse movie had elements that are like a little, a little more highbrow than just right. a movie. Uh, but all right, I just wanted to see what you thought of that. And last but not least, reminder everybody: Beetlejuice September next year. It, it's getting to be Halloween time, so I just got to remind you guys uh, of the important film that will be next year. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty excited, man. Uh, I'm keeping up with the news. September 6th is on my calendar. That's hilarious. Up next year, guys, not to be mistaken, uh, a couple uh, yes. days from here. 2024. Yeah.
Uh, Jason, you had a little bit of information for me. What you what you what you got on the docket for us? Yeah, something that's coming out a little bit sooner than uh, next year. Uh, Rick and Morty <laughs> season seven is set to release this year, uh, March fifth, March fifteenth, October fifteenth. I'm sorry. Um, still haven't finished season six. I need to finish watching that. My, one of my favorite cartoons, and I just I don't know why I stopped watching it for no apparent reason. It's just one of those where you're just like watching it and then just like. Oh shit! I need to go back and watch that. So, adult um, animation, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of interested. Um, did Justin Roiland voice for season seven because he got let go? So, did they find another voice actor for this? Are they using AI? Because Justin uh, Roiland, uh, it was you or someone else that told me that uh, they brought him back. Fun at the the fact that someone else is voicing some of those characters. Uh, I don't know how they do it in the show, but uh, apparently they're going to poke fun at it. So I guess he may not be back voicing for this season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, if if you watch Rick and Morty, like they can definitely make fun of that. Like they break the fourth wall a lot. And um, so it's just, and, and the, it's crazy because he voices a lot of the characters. Um, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And um but I am excited for that. Um, in other news, uh, Miles Martinet, the voice of Mario, classic Mario that we've known since, I think, Nintendo 64 that he, he's voiced. Uh, he's officially retiring, so we're going to get a new Mario voice for the future games or something. Or could be AI. I have no idea. Oh, um, God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's just for, like, video games. Woohoo! You know, I don't know, dude. You can find someone. Well, in probably just use uh, previous recordings, right? Yeah, that's true. You could definitely do that. I mean, there's not that much talking in the in the games and stuff. Um, and then we got Chris Pratt, you know, voicing the movie. So, you know. But yeah, hey, no. Hey, uh, thank you to a legend. You know what I mean? Um, some bad news. Uh, Dune Part 2 got pushed back to March of 20... March 15 of 2024. It was supposed well, to here's come out... And here's the thing. They pushed it back for me so that I could watch it on my birthday. That was, uh, uh, we talked about it, you know? So Yeah, but uh, November 3rd, was, it was supposed to come out this year, November 3rd, and they're pushing it back all the way back to March. Like, that's, that sucks, bro. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was for my birthday, so. I'm like, um, oh, okay. Yeah, they gave us <laughs> a trailer already. Like, it's already, the trailer's already out in movie theaters. Like, what the fuck, dude? You know what I mean? Dude, that trailer looks fantastic. It does look sick. I'm like, come on, it's already ready. Just fucking release it, man. What's going on? And Gabby saw it and she's like, that does look pretty good. And I was like, I know, right? That looks fucking great. <laughs> uh, lastly, I'm going to end it with some, uh, some good news before we head on to our trailers and stuff. Uh, we got, uh, so Fun Funko Pop is actually introducing Pop Yourself. Uh, you can create a fun, you can now create a Funko Pop to look like you. That's pretty sick. So, That's pretty sick. I don't know if I want an ugly little Funko Pop. Everything. What? Yeah, that'd be cool. Come in with your name on it. That'd be cool. You know, yeah, we'll get the, uh, you know, get the receding hairline or my gray hairs. You know what I'm saying? As one does. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's get into our trailers. I've got a little bit of news for you on this. So we're running into the theater. We're catching these trailers. First one. Uh, it's coming out May 2024. This is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. It's already in post-production, man. Uh, it is going to be different from the trilogy that we 
not grew up with, but we saw in our what teen and early twenties years. Yeah, that yeah. was a great trilogy. Yeah, that's Matt, Reeves. Matt Reeves did them. The, the same director who's doing the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. He did all three of those movies. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, I thought the CGI was great. Andy Serkis as Caesar was fantastic. It was awesome. Although this one is not going to have Caesar, from what I understand. It's going to be different ape societies who interpret his his teachings differently, kind of like the teachings of Jesus, right? How different societies interpret them differently. Um, so it's gonna, it sounds like they're going to be warring factions. Matt Reeves is no longer involved, but it says they are saying that it fulfills the vision that he had for the franchise. Uh, so although this isn't part of the original trilogy, it sounds like it's still, um, it's still in the same vein and style. So we'll see if that's true. Uh, this is what I'm hearing. This is straight from a Screen Rant article. Uh, that's essentially the Kingdom Planet of the Apes story as the 2024 movie sees several ape societies that interpret Caesar's teachings differently, as I mentioned with certain groups of apes twisting Caesar's schooling to fit their agendas and enslaving other apes. Uh, in the Planet of the Apes world, humans have almost become extinct, meaning that humans are no longer the enemy or a threat to apes. However, there are different tribes of apes and ones that don't take kindly to the more advanced and skilled apes that learned under Caesar's order. So there are some that uh, do not like the more advanced apes who had higher learning, more skill, they actually hate them for some reason, so I'd love to see why. Uh, the upcoming release is going to explore the animosity between these colonies, which is the very idea that Reeves conceived. So that's I'm pretty excited because I that love sounds fucking sick, right? Right? Like I'm pretty hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Reading that, I was like, oh, 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 intrigue. You know what I mean? So I, I'm ready for it. I don't know if you were a fan of those movies, but I really like them. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I wanted some of the one of the best trilogies. If you really think about it, I'm not saying it's the best, guys. Chill out. But I'm talking from like beginning, like every single movie. Fucking right. flawless. Flawless. Yeah, you can't say anything bad about it. Yeah, I I I would be like, yeah, it's one of the best trilogies I've watched overall. Yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like cuz you know Godfather, Godfather 2, Godfather 3, like I think what like, Godfather 3 is trash or something. Yeah, yeah, I was about to mention that. <laughs> so you, you know what I'm saying like you can uh, say what you want. This trilogy is pretty trash, so I'm like, yeah, I mean maybe Godfather 1 and 2 are better than Planet of the Apes, but at least all three of these movies were good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, that's 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 dope, man. I like that news. That's a that's a good trailer right there. Absolutely. I've also got coming out actually this September sixth. Actually, this September sixth. Uh, I am Groot season two, man. Only fifteen minutes of content, but at least we're getting some. Hell yeah! The first uh, what? There's like six of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Very short. Four minute videos, five minute videos. It's like you know, it's like little skits of. Baby group, uh, baby group, yeah, group doing, yeah, doing group things, bro. You know, baby group being cute. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm excited. Uh, last piece of news for me is, uh, so Scorsese and DiCaprio are actually going to work on another film after Killers of the Flower Moon, releasing October 20th, uh, through Apple Pictures, and it's going to be a period piece. I thought Scorsese, this was Scorsese's last film. 
from the reports that I'm seeing, he's involved in some way. Maybe he's not going to direct. I don't know. But he could very well be in production, and DiCaprio is still on it. And it is the same guy that wrote the the same historical writer that wrote Killers of the Flower Moon, because this is also a true story, uh, about a 1740s shipwreck. It's called The Wager, uh, and it's titled The Wager, a story of shipwreck, mutiny, and murder. And it's actually two different shipwrecks that happen, one on the coast of Brazil and then Chile. Somehow they, I don't know how it is, but it sounds like somehow they meet each other, the the surviving uh the surviving members and I want to hear the rest of this story because I'm like interesting so there's there's mutiny there's a shipwreck they're stuck uh, in the 1740s that means South America still had quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of land that was unexplored so that's definitely something I would be interested in seeing even it's through even if it's through the eyes of um, I guess it would be naval uh, naval captains and soldiers yeah I was in a, a good part of the Amazon not explored still? Like yeah. there's a huge percent that they haven't explored yet? Because it's just well, I don't so know if they haven't explored it, but I know that they don't go to it because there are parts of the Amazon. Too that, dangerous. Well, they have tribes that are undisturbed by. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. World. Like, have, have you ever seen those photos of like when, when drones pass over? Yeah, and those things, just, the oh, tribes are just like, like freaking out, you know? <laughs> You're like, they must think that something crazy is going on. Unless they know we're here, right? Maybe they're like, oh, nah, I don't know. in the outside world. I don't know. It's like That's the island of Century. What, what is it off the coast of India? But yeah. No idea, bro. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see this project. I'm a sucker for period pieces, so I'm interested. DiCaprio, Scorsese, say less. Hell yeah, dude. That sounds dope. All right, so let's jump into TV land, Jason. TV All right. Sir, I know you, you've seen some things. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. So I we started, Jamie and I, we we actually saw the whole thing. Uh, it's available on Amazon Prime, I think. I, I think it's Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Jerry Duty. Uh, dude, it is fucking hilarious. It reminds me of the, the Netflix show uh, with... Um, Will Arnett, um, Murderville. Murderville, yeah. So, but Murderville's like they know what's going on. It's unscripted, right? Kind of, but it's scripted, right? Um, this is kind of the same, but like with a little different spin to it. So, uh, what this uh, what this production team did, they sent out an email um, that uh, they're hey, we're making a documentary about uh, Jerry Duty. So if anyone wants to volunteer, we're going to be filming filming how like. Uh, like a real jury duty case because they agreed to it to this jury duty case. Right. Um, yeah. So people have to sign up for it, you know, still like jury duty, like it'll still count as your jury duty and stuff like that. So people signed up for it um, or, and turns out that everybody, everybody's in on it. Everyone's an actor, undercover actor, except for one person. And it's all centered around him. And they're like, everyone, like they're just, even the judge, the bailiffs, the, the, the jury members, um, it is fucking hilarious, dude. And, um, they, what makes it really, what makes it really funny too, is, uh, he, he goes into jury duty, right? Like, it's like, it, he, he starts off with like 50 people, right? Cause, and then they start like, well, what do they do? Start, 
you know, pushing out the people, the not the candidates that wouldn't be right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's, he ends up sitting next to uh, uh, James Marsden, uh, the, the famous actor, the guy that plays yeah. um, uh, Cyclops in the X-Men movies, the first ones. Um, what else? He's an West enchanted. Westworld. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the guy's like, I was like, hey, I, I know you from somewhere, right? And he's like, oh yeah, I've been in a couple movies. Like, like which, like what, where have I seen you? And and then he's like, uh, James Marsden actually was like, well, I've been in like Sonic and stuff like that. And the guy's like, oh, I was like, oh, where? He's like, I've never seen that. I heard it was shit. <laughs> he t- he told him that. Uh, and uh, like the the very next day, he like because and then they are chit chatting for a bit, right, with other people, random ass people. Uh, but they're all in on it except him. And then he comes in the next day because they they both get called back. He's like, "Hey, James, like my bad. Like I just want to let you know, I I, I rented Sonic yesterday because I was just curious. Uh, it's a fucking good movie, dude. <laughs> Sounds like a nice guy, man. Yeah, oh. dude, it, dude, it is crazy. Like they had a lot of uh, things what they wanted the actors to do, and it was like scripted. Like, hey, if it, try to lean him into this into this, right? But he don't push him to do anything, right? If he says stuff, then fucking go with that script and stuff like that. And he like just fit perfect to a point where you're like, no way, dude. This is like he's in on it too, bro. There's no fucking way he is in on it. And then I was I was I was convinced that he was in on it until the very end of the episode. They break it down and they explain everything and how it was. I was all about dude. overall, dude. It was fucking awesome. It was a uh, had me. It was a knee slapper. I want to say Nisa, you know, it was just, it was just a good time, dude. We, we binged it. I think it was like eight episodes, 30 minutes each, bro. It was, wow. But it was, it was just what we needed after a stressful day at work. Just tune in, bro. And I was just, just laughing the whole time, dude. Uh, you know, side commentary between me and Jamie. It was, it was hilarious, dude. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. All right. I, I want to watch it. From that, I, I would definitely want to see this show. Dude, it's, it is, it is awesome, man. And trust me, I, you guys, Will will not hate it at all. Like I, I, I don't I don't know anybody that wouldn't like this this show. So all right, cool man. Do you have anything else that we both haven't watched? Um, there's some stuff that I'm currently watching. Okay. Uh, season, season two of Winning Time. Just kind of want to shout that out real quick. Amazing. Uh, again, it just follows the, the Lakers history from the, the Showtime Lakers uh, from the '80s to the '90s. Um, what's really cool about this season right now is there's a full episode uh, about Larry Bird because right now it's going into the um, when Larry Bird and his they got their first championship, but also kind of gives a backstory about Larry Bird's life, dude. Like for example, I didn't know that his dad committed suicide uh, when um, when he was in early college and stuff like that. So there's it, and they show you kind of like Magic's growing up, like how he grew up to like Larry Bird and how he grew up. Like it's just very interesting, very well written. Um, and you like these characters, man. You like to hate some of them too. So, uh, with the way they did it and the way they're writing it, but trying to keep true to the events that happened, fucking awesome, dude. Awesome, great show. HBO Max, or I'm sorry, Max. Just Max, Jesus. Just Max. <laughs> and, then, and then we're watching currently based on a true story on Peacock. Based on a true story. That one's interesting too, man. That one's interesting too. That one also kind of reminds me of uh, the Murderville. Kind oh, of. So it's comedy. Comedy, thriller, drama. Yeah. A dramedy. Yeah, it's it's the girl from uh, Big Bang Theory. What's her name? I don't know her name. The blonde one. 
yeah, yeah, the blonde one, the main one. Yeah, the one that she also plays Harley Quinn. Oh my God, what is her name? Yeah, but uh, she's she's funny in that in in that in that show, and also also Nancy from Stranger Things is in it. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, but it, it's cool, man. Uh, if you like, uh, oh, this this one's especially for uh, for Tita, bro. It they it's kind of about murder podcasts, so it, it's it kind of leans into that. Okay, so. Trust me, you and Gabby will watch. You'll love this, so especially Gabby. I know. I think. I think she will, right? You said she likes murder podcasts, right? She does. She does. Crime, true crime podcast. So, watch this one, and it's and it's funny too. So, okay, fair enough. Based oh, on well, what you got for us? jury duty, are the two that I'm hearing right now. Jury duty, Amazon Prime, based on a true story, Peacock, Winning Time, season two, Max. Okay. Uh, I got a few things that I watched. Most of it, no, I guess they're in different places. First one that I saw was They Clone Tyrone. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie like a 7-2. It was 7-2, They Clone Tyrone. Yeah, it was It was fun to watch. It was a is good time. A, is that uh, on movie theaters? It's on Netflix. It came out on Netflix. Oh, okay, okay. It's starring uh, John Boyega. It okay. has, gosh, um, Jamie Foxx. And the the woman who plays Photon in WandaVision and now the Marvels. God, what is oh, okay. Uh, okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know her name, but I know who you're talking about. So it has a it's a very like get out kind of feel, like with the storyline and where it leads you to. Okay. Um it has a lot of references to like hood life and how uh there's a government cycle of like keeping you poor, right? Like there's a cycle Welfare doesn't actually get you out of welfare a lot of the times. Like it's, it's a cycle in which you can never break out of, especially like with certain certain groups of people. That it's it's much more easy to make money the wrong way than it is the right way, uh, and it's hard to like get out of that because everyone around you is just pushing you to do certain things, or you you just got to do what you got to do to survive, right? Right. Uh, it's definitely it it goes straight at that concept. And it just tackles it in a very, gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a meta way because it's, I don't know if it's necessarily self-aware, but it gives it like a sci-fi twist and it's very meta on the ideas, I guess. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's very much about, uh, there's a line in it that's, that's very much like encapsulating what the movie is trying to fight against. And it's pretty much assimilation is better than annihilation, right? So like, a lot of these groups of people assimilate to a certain way of being and instead of you know pretty much not surviving in this world our society has a certain way of doing things right uh and that's kind of part of what they talk about john boyega's acting is fantastic he plays multiple roles because you know the name that people be getting cloned uh it's cool sci-fi it's got that big brother style plot it has a lot of style in the movie. The characters feel like comic book characters. They're like out of this world. Like Jamie Foxx is a pimp. Uh, the female character is uh, she's a prostitute. Tyrone, <laughs> well, not Tyrone actually. This guy's Fontaine uh, is a drug dealer, and they just have they have they have a lot of. Uh, a lot of funny lines that they say with each other and situations that they get into. So I definitely recommend it. I enjoyed watching it, man. 
I, yeah, I think I have now that, now that you mentioned it, I think I remember seeing a trailer to it. It looked interesting. Um, so put that on the queue. Putting it on the queue. Yeah, they own Tyrone, my friend, on uh, Netflix. So it's not like, I mean, everybody's got Netflix at this point. So it's not like you can't watch it. Um, Tiana Paris. Tiana Paris. I had to, I had to get the name. Tiana Paris plays Yo-Yo. Uh, the prostitute. Uh, another one that I saw, actually, Tom recommended it. I don't know if I mentioned it before. I finally saw Good Time with Robert Pattinson. Oh, uh, with, his, with his brother, right? Yes. I Mentally challenged? Yes, he's mentally challenged. Yeah. There's some really good cinematography. Parts of the script are good. The acting is... I mean, Robert Pattinson's acting is very solid. Awesome, right? Overall, I think I'd give the movie like a 6.12. Cuz it's kind of like a towards the end, right? It kind of like falls off a little bit, if I recall. Nothing, nothing fucking happens. I, that's, it's one of those movies where you're like nothing fucking happened. Like, yeah, a chain of events occurred and parts of it feel exciting and then at the end you're like this was kind of pointless to watch. Yeah, the beginning of the movie tells me how the end is going to be already. The end, the rest of the movie is irrelevant to the outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. acting good. No, I see what you mean, though. Like the end, when it kind of just ended, you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I think you were saying once the brother gets arrested, yeah, and he's on the run after that point everything is irrelevant to the outcome of the film. It could be because nothing changes. Yeah. There's no change in the story. You already got the climax of the film at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, there are great things. Like Robert Pattinson does a fantastic job. Uh, and parts of the story are very interesting, especially considering that the guy who plays the brother is the one that wrote it, right? Like, he, I don't know if he's a writer in general or if this was one of his first scripts, but it has promise. And you could see that people would probably want to work with him mm -hmm. more after that. And he came out in Oppenheimer later. So you see that it did lead him somewhere. Uh, but I'll move on from that one. I did finish this full season two. Did you like it? I did. I liked it. I, I thoroughly enjoy the show. I think uh, Julio is a piece of, piece of work. <laughs> say, piece of shit. Least favorite character. Yeah, Luis, dude, I I love Luis. Yeah, that Luis is the best. Is hilarious. So you, so you don't like Julio at the end? I mean, I, I don't I don't dislike him. None of the characters are completely unlikable. They're all terrible people, right? But yeah, uh, they're they're not completely unlikable, right? By the end, Julio is like he he knows he's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Okay. So he's he, he kind of accepts it. He owns it. He's like, yeah. I know who I am. At least that, right? Uh, like you said, I'm not a visionary. I just, I just like good coffee. <laughs> That's that funny. Great. Well, that whole episode of him needing to have control, and he, by the end, he's like, "Yeah, the same me." Uh, I thought there were a lot of interesting, funny episodes that they used, and they're always great at showing the culture. You know what I mean? The uh, there is a character uh, that is famous on TikTok that we, uh, Jamie and I met. Uh, his name's Leo Gonzalez. He's the the big dude. Yeah, he's the friend. Yeah. He's like, Let's have fun tonight. <laughs> Dude, his TikToks are hilarious. Have you seen his TikToks? 
I've seen a few of them, yeah. Oh, okay, because he plays that. The phone guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays that stereotypical. We we know those people in our neighbor back in our hometown. Like, there's a lot of people. It was like, ah, but you but you like it though, huh? You know, like it's just there's some of the most fun people though. And then there's another comedian that comes out in that. I think in that same episode. Yeah, yeah. uh, Russ. Yeah, there was a bunch of like. It's cool that they're bringing out the the comedians. Uh, into the show, Hispanic comedian representation for sure. Well, Mexican to be specific. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. The show, like I said, it brings out the culture, man. They they highlight the culture. They got some good music that plays. And there's a song at the very end of the show when Luis is going on a plane that a friend of ours was like, "I can't believe you guys have never heard that song before." And I was like, "I didn't know this was a thing." Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. That's Played that they played that song at the end. That's yeah, funny. they played that song at the end, and I was like, Oh man, Eric from Room 303 told us he's like, I thought everybody heard the song. Yeah, like, hey, when we we didn't, so never in my life heard it. I liked it, but never in my <laughs> life had I heard that. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I would definitely recommend this fool. And I'm halfway through Res Dogs uh season three as well. Oh, okay, they release weekly, so I'll be watching the next episode that comes out. Uh, I'll reserve my my rating for that one. I think it's going to be fairly high. Cool. I mean, it doesn't have the absolute best acting or writing, but it's not about that. So I'm not. Yeah, gonna- yeah. It's it's very. It's like it's it's making fun of itself. I don't know. I, I just I kind of cringe when I watch it. Cause I'm like, ugh. Like it's just like, but these are all like Hispanic writers, and like I I, I get it. You know, where they're we're making fun of our stereotypes. So I. It's cool because it's kind of true sometimes. You're just like, oh, fuck like, yeah. They're overdoing it sometimes, but sometimes it's like, no, they're kind of hitting it right in the dot too sometimes. So, I mean, one of my favorite lines is like, he's like, see, you don't know because you're not depressed like me. And he's all crying. <laughs> I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up, bro. I could hear, I could literally hear someone back home saying that shit. Like, because you don't know, you're not depressed like me. Like, no, no, <laughs> no. I know what I have. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny you say that. That's hilarious, dude. Oh, uh, one one thing I, I did want to bring up. I'm sorry, I totally forgot about this show, and I would hate myself if I didn't bring it up. Uh, Swarm. I uh, saw that on. Was it Peacock or Amazon? I thought you said Amazon last time. I'm not sure. I think it was on Amazon. Uh, Swarm, but um, Swarm is. It, it has like it's uh, if you guys ever seen Atlanta, the show Atlanta on Hulu, it's it's like that, uh, but it's like a darker version to it. Um, it's directed by Childish Gambino. Um, it's fucking amazing. Uh, it follows uh, Dominique Fishback. Uh, she plays the main character, Dre, and she's just obsessed with a famous artist known as Nyjah, who kind of um, um, kind of based out of Beyonce, I would I, I would say, you know. Um, she was, uh, she was in Transformers, uh, Rise of Beast, uh, the, uh, Dominique Fishback. Yeah. Uh, she, she played that character. Um, Billie Eilish came out in it. Um, I think this is maybe be like, from what I've known, first acting chop. And, uh, she did fucking amazing, bro. Uh, what happens to her, her character is crazy. Um, I think, um, I don't want to give too much about this, but pretty much it, it just shows the obsession of how people get obsessed with certain uh, movie stars, uh, certain artists, and what they're willing to do uh, to get close to them, and how crazy their obsession can get. Uh, and that's all I'll say. But it's a thriller. It's comedic. 
a lot of crazy shit. Has you has a lot of what the fuck moments. Like what the fuck? Like I didn't. I was not expecting that to go there. What the fuck is going on? Um, man, it was it, it was a great show. I have I, I have a whole list of of uh, top ten shows already for 2023, which I don't know what I'm I'm where I'm ranking a lot of them, dude. Because Swarm's gonna be up there for me, dude. Um, Jerry Duty as well. I thought was fucking great. Like I think these were all in, like in the eights for me. Um, as far as uh, Jerry Duty goes, Swarm. What else did I talk about? Um, just a lot of banger shows, man. It's a banger. It's a banger, dude. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I talked about so far. All right, let's jump into uh, Ahsoka episodes one through three. Talking about some more bangers. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. I, when it comes to Star Wars, I'm always going to let you take the lead on that. <laughs> Jason, enlighten us. Tell us about it. Uh, give us some quick connections to Rebels. God damn, is it connected to Rebels? God damn. Yeah, it's super connected. Well, uh, for, for, the, for the listeners that don't know or haven't watched Ahsoka yet, um, maybe only watch Mandalorian because I, I know some people that just watch Mandalorian, right? They're not really into the Star, Star Wars content. Um, yeah. But if you are watching the Mandalorian, you do see Ahsoka pop out, right? She say you know helps Grogu and but like she's looking for someone specific named Thrawn, right? And that's the last time we see Ahsoka in Mandalorian. Uh, so it's <clears throat> it's kind of after that. That's kind of where we are led into with Ahsoka. She ends up running into characters that are in the cartoon show Rebels. We were wondering like, oh, when are they all going to pop up? They kind of all pop up immediately, all, almost all of them. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in the, the time where the Empire is, 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 has fallen and you're you're seeing uh, the New Republic, right? Not the Empire anymore is, is starting to kind of settle in. But what happens after a war, right? You kind of have to integrate the free, you know, you're freeing the people and you kind of have to integrate the people that were kind of loyal, right? or forced to be loyal to the empire still trying to have to migrate them as you know it's not their fault you know like you know the empire had a had a uh, had a massive hold on these people and and uh it was like a dictatorship so you kind of they're kind of just freeing them but you know some people are still like that they like that power and so it kind of just shows like how the integration between that is just it's not it's not easy even after war it's still not easy and then you have some of these people that are still trying to prevent a war harrison doula the general um the, the green lady with the back hair she shoes part of the rebels she is uh for you guys who don't know she's the best pilot in the galaxy um she's known as the best pilot in the galaxy yes um probably, uh, another pilot that was really good that's probably maybe compared to her fight is her. fight her yeah <laughs> um is probably no, yeah, dude. She's better than Han Solo. Yeah, the best pilot prior to that was Anakin. Oh, so it was never Han. Who was never Han? Dang, what a punk! What a punk ass bitch! <laughs> this oh, <laughs> man, oh, you, you son of a okay. Anyways, <laughs> anyways <she's>, <laughs> yeah. So she's still like in the mode of you know to like hey we got got to make sure we don't start up into like another. A, a war pretty much she's still like in you know trying to integrate people and it's starting to create this new republic where you know there's democracy is back essentially um although they do hear that and they have a gut feeling that uh grand admiral thrawn which we haven't been introduced yet is out there and could be coming back grand admiral thrawn also he was the main villain in the rebels 
this blue guy, evil villain. Uh, for you guys who don't know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is, um, he was like the right-hand man uh, to um, Emperor Palpatine, uh, the only non-human uh, that was an admiral. Um, little fun fact for you guys there. Uh, that's how fucking smart this guy was. He's not like a very strong character. Uh, you know, he's not strong with the force or anything like that, but he is probably the most brilliant character. He's always five steps ahead of you. Um, so when you think you, you got a plan and you think you're going to, you know, he, he may, he's willing to lose a battle so he can win the war. Like this, is how smart this guy is. He knows when to like, like he'll lose a battle on purpose so he can get to, you know, the, the finish line, right? You know, you, you're sacrificing a pawn so you can take uh, the bishop, right? Or whatever it may be. So that's kind of how he plays. He plays chess, not checkers. So, um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant mind. Um, so I can't wait to see him in, in live screen. And just the way he looks, he has like, you know, the dark red eyes, his blue face, looks evil as shit. So I can't wait to see him on screen. Kind of looks like um, our boy uh, that popped out in Boba Fett. Um, Wow. Caleb Bain. There you go. <laughs> um, but not not as scary, you know, not the teeth and shit like that. But kind of gives you that eerie, like scary feeling like, oh, this guy, this guy has nothing to fuck with. Uh, we also get into Sabine Wren, man. Um, I love Sabine Wren and Rebels. Uh, for Sabine Wren, she was actually a Mandalorian uh, from a different clan, not the same clan that Mandal uh, the, our Mandalore uh, Din Djarik's from. Um, they actually take off their helmets and stuff like that too. Not the same uh, clan house from Bo-Katan's house. Uh, she's from a completely different one. She ended up leaving her clan uh, and kind of leaving the Mandal Mandalorian um, side of things because uh, she just didn't want any part of that. But from what I remember in Rebels, and correct me if I'm wrong, Luigi, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but Sabine Wren was kind of a badass in Rebels, wasn't she? Yeah. Fighting-wise, right? Yeah. Okay, so I, I think this is my only critic in season one and stuff. Like, I, I get it. Like, fighting a, a Sith type of person is, is no easy feat, but she was also Mandalorian, so she knows how to fight. So Yeah, I was looking at it, and I was like, she's not fighting at all like a Mandalorian right now. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, she's fighting like she's scared. Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Maybe it's been a while. Maybe yes, it's, well, it's been a hot minute, you know? Yeah, it just feels like they nerfed her, to, in my opinion. So... So to give you guys context, if you haven't seen the episode, I don't. You probably have because you're you're watching with us. But yeah, <laughs> talking about the scene in which uh, she has the map, which she was not supposed to take from Ahsoka, uh, and she's finally unlocked it. Then assassin droids come in, and two—they're not actually Sith, but they—they they are part of the dark side. Looking, they're not even Inquisitors, right? Yeah, we're just. <laughs> I don't know what, what to call them yet. But yeah. said. I don't uh, even think their lightsabers are fully red. They're like dark orange, right? I'm not sure. Well, there's three of them, but we only see two of them fight her in that instance, right? Or no, just one. We just, just see one. one. Yep, just the girl. Yeah. Um, they're hunting down that map because they want to create this portal uh, using hyperdrive, right? Hyperdrive? Like six hyperdrives. Yeah, to go to the galaxy that Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Miller were transported to at the end of Rebels. Because apparently they're in a different galaxy. Yes. So in Star Wars, it's all one galaxy, right? So you can still get to different stars by doing hyper hyperdrive. But this this thing that they want to create is like a like you said a hyperdrive times ten. So you can 
essentially go to another galaxy super fast and long distances. So that's what they're trying to do because that's where they think Grand Admiral Thrawn and like you said, Ezra are. They're now they're not looking for Ezra, but they want Grand Admiral Thrawn back. Shout out to the fight scenes that they had with uh, Ahsoka. I thought the fight scenes they used for her were really solid. She looks good. Dude, she looks her justice, bro. Yeah, they're doing her justice. And Rosario Dawson doing a great job as Ahsoka. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Uh, and hey, we saw the Pergils, just like we did in uh, Rebels. It just oh. feels like they're really using all of that material and just bringing it to a head right now. So that's cool. Yeah, so I kind of want to get into details about the Pergils because I told Jamie about it and she was like, huh? I was like, uh, remember you kind of saw like something floating when Grogu was in hyperspace when Din Djarin was asleep in one of the episodes? Like that was a hint. Whale with squid. squid. Yeah, that, that little whale with squid thing. So they're pretty much hyperspace whales. These uh these purgles, they're known as purgles, can actually um go up to speeds probably faster than hyperspace. And that's constant ideally they don't ever slow down like that, but I guess in this one they were like slow down because they're usually going really fast. And well it depends on where it. it depends on where they are, right? Because in mm-hmm. rebels, there was like they always slow down. I think it's like to eat somewhere. Yeah, like something like that. They stop at to do something. Yeah. I know that there's like details there. Yeah. So, and also the fact that we saw Purgles, that means they're really close to find, because the last time we saw Ezra and Theron, the Purgles took both of them away, right? The Purgle. Well, they said that that, that uh, hyperspace <laughs> ring is in line with the uh, migration patterns of the pergils towards another towards that galaxy so yeah so makes sense well yeah it's, it's very it's tying into everything as far as rebels uh jamie does, hasn't seen rebels but she's still really enjoying it so that's good um me as a star wars fan that has seen the rebels it just makes it even 10 times better i think it's fucking awesome i'm like fucking again i i, I do that i do this all the time but i feel like leonardo dicaprio and once upon a time in hollywood doing his drink pointing you know uh, so it's it's awesome. I, I'm very happy with it so far, and uh, yeah, dude, it's just it's just been it's just been great. Hopefully, uh, they they make Sabine stronger. I, I, I guess you know there's got to be a story to make her stronger and stuff. So I'm a redemption that. arc for her because if you notice, like she's going back to being Ahsoka's Padawan, so it's right. kind of like building her up. I'm sure by the end she's going to be a badass again. It is just weird though. Like, did she abandon all her other train? It just I need. I need some context. Yeah, worry. like what happened? You know, you're 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 definitely right. Also, I, I hope we see uh, Zeb again. Uh, I know we saw a, a, a piece of Mandalorian. Him. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, we saw a little. We we seen a little bit of Chopper and kind of his his um his personality, which was awesome. Um, when he was fighting uh, with uh, Harris and Dula, uh, he's and they're like, <clears throat> you know, they're flying around, and he's like, I. And like obviously Chopper's talking, but we can't understand what he's saying. But Hera can. It's like you probably just misplace it. And then you know he does like he does this little sound. Is like I was like he's like kind of pretty much saying he's like no I didn't. It's like he's like just check under. And then he checked and he's like he found it. So it's just if you listen to the the pattern the sound patterns. It sounds like w- words could be put in those exact spots. Yeah, it really does. Oh, I could see what he was saying there. That makes um, sense. Also, it was really cool. Uh, we got to see uh, Hera's kid, Jason, uh, son of Hera and Kanan. I won't really say much about Kanan just because I. Spo- spoilers. Too soon? No, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that. I, I don't want to. 
Uh, there I, man, no, no, no offense, Jason, but if someone has not watched Rebels and is listening to this right now, they're either never going to watch it or they or they have. They have. <laughs> it's just like probably one of my favorite storylines ever. And like if you do decide to watch Rebels, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So let's let's are there anything else you wanted to add about Ahsoka? No, I'm uh, like I said, I'm pleased with everyone right now. I'm kind of I'm excited to see where it goes. And uh, I mean, that, that, that's it for now, really. Like, uh, I feel like we kind of covered everything. Uh, unless there's uh, something else that I missed, guys, uh, little little things that maybe you guys wanted to point out, let me know. I'm always about Easter eggs. Uh, there's always so many, uh, which I can't catch all the time. But if you guys uh, know any, I'd be more than happy to hear about that. So, uh, All right. I'm going to close us out with uh, my Blue Beetle review. I know it came out a while back, so I'm going to make this quicker than before. I'd probably give it a 6.6, 6. 6.7. 6. But it has rewatchability. Okay. It has rewatchability. You know what? I'll give it a 6.8 because of its rewatchability. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Again, a lot of stuff that just, it's like La Raza times 10. All the music, all the music is music that you would have heard growing up, Jason. Like straight up. Everything was recognizable in some way or another. Like you, he you hear so many different types of uh, Hispanic music. Like it's not all the same. Like rancheritas or just mariachi, or just that. It's everything. It's pop music. It's it's that too. Then it's like American style, right? With like Cypress Hill, you hear the rapping too. Like you hear the different types of uh, Hispanic music all throughout the film. It was a lot of fun to watch. The cast obviously is uh, a, a pretty much almost all Latino cast. Uh, has solid, solid special effects. I would say they looked better than um, the Flash, probably because they used way less of them. Uh, the city that it's supposed to be in is El Paso, but they made Palmera City, which is like L.A. and Miami put together. If I had to place it anywhere, okay, I would say it's a hybrid of those two cities. Uh, but they live on El Paso Street as like an homage. Uh, oh, so really? I mentioned fantastic. And then, dude, they do some mad Hispanic product placement. I will say that. Like, goddamn, capitalism is alive, and it is it is there for Hispanics in this one. They had like takis in the background in one of them, like making sure that you could see the takis. Uh, there was a bottle of Donku perfectly placed in front of them at a table at one point. And Donku is like a Puerto Rican rum. So I was like, fucking my people right there. <laughs> so it was, it was like little things like that, right? Where they just went out of their way to show um, Hispanic culture and like even products. They had a decent bad guy backstory. Susan Sarandon is the antagonist. There's a love interest who's Brazilian, so it's like they really pull, pull in as many Latinos as they can. Uh, the reactions and the acting and just the story overall, I found – I'm Hispanic, obviously. So I found it a little more relatable than in other films because they're very Hispanic reactions. Like the way they react to things is like, oh, yeah. Obviously with a comedic twist in some in some instances. Right, right. It is a family movie. Like if you're going in there thinking like, oh man, this is gonna be like the Batman, you're going to the wrong movie. But 
it is definitely a lot of fun to watch. So I, 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 I enjoyed it, man. I had a good time. I think the le- the one I enjoyed the least was the grandma. She just made it a little too campy for me at times, but it was fun. You know, it's the kids enjoy it. Like my daughter found it hilarious when the grandma was holding the gun. Uh, I thought it was one of the better descript- uh, I'm sorry, depictions of men- Mexican culture. They even used phrasing that we do. Uh, like Interesting. en animo. <laughs> and then when you want somebody to hurry up, like in the car, they're like, pisale cabron. Uh, Echame aguas, like, hey, look out for me. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. They use the actual phrasing that, that Hispanics use. Not like just, oh, let's just throw in a Spanish word in there like we, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, and they don't play like uh, the same mariachi song that they play in every movie to show that it's Hispanic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that. Uh, it does connect to Ted Cord, who was the original Blue Beetle, I guess. Uh, and with his whole headquarters and what's going on with him. And there's a teaser, a, a teaser at the end that says that he is alive. And I'm thinking the second one is going to deal with them trying to find him. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't want to ruin. There's, there's a big event that happens in the film uh, that changes. I mean, it changes the course of the movie. Right. Um, but it was, it hits very well. And that it, it it was pretty solid. I'll say that. Because I know that you may end up watching this, Jason. So I, I'm not going to ruin that. This is a fairly new movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I probably will. Maybe. Oh, we got a three-day weekend coming up. Maybe. But, shit, I got a lot of drafts coming up. So maybe not. <laughs> so. Well, do you mind me ruining it and talking talking to our listeners about it? Yeah, go ahead. Might as well, man. So there's a scene. Obviously, the dad is like the backbone of the family. He's always positive. He is the epitome of what every Hispanic has heard growing up. And it's like, you know, he grew up with nothing. He worked the fields. He got every job he could. He did everything for his kids so they could have a better life. And he's just so positive. And whatever his son does, he's just like, ten animo, hijo, ten animo, animo. Right? Like, and you hear that growing up. Like, you, you hear people tell you those same things. Like, Who push that? harder. The dad, uh, he's actually, he's a famous actor. I, I know I've seen him before. Gosh, let me... Isn't George Lopez in this movie? He is. He plays the uncle. He's, you know... Oh, okay. He's, he's comedic. He's, like, the comedic value of the movie, for sure. He he plays... Uh, he has a lot of great, hilarious lines. Uh, his The dad's name is Damian Alcazar. And I'm pretty sure he comes out in a lot of uh, Mexican films. Yeah, yeah. He comes out in a lot of Mexican films. Uh, I think this may be one of his only ventures some one of his few ventures into american cinema yeah yeah i know know he is yeah yeah so he plays the dad and he gets killed at one point and there's there's a scene where the grandma's saying like you know there's gonna be a time to grieve and we will grieve but now's not that time and then later in the movie you know he remembers what his dad told him and he's he's about to die then he sees his dad he's like this was my purpose. I'm happy that I could find my purpose and it's to meet you here. And it's like kind of like an afterlife type of thing. He's like to tell you to keep going, that you can do this. Right. And you're like, Oh man, that, this, this is hitting right now. Right. Damn. And, uh, later in the movie, after they've finished the grandma's like, okay, now we can grieve and they cry for the dad. And that's what I wanted to mention this. Cause if you notice in these, in a bunch of movies, like these main characters die and they never grieve for them. Like they just forget. 
I, what, what's going on here? So I'm glad that they brought it back. Like, oh, this is this is something that they're going to deal with after. So it, it, overall, I enjoyed the film. It was a good. I feel like a uh, Spider-Man No Way Home does a pretty good job at that. Yeah, yeah, they do. They definitely. God, I mean, after May's death, that that one's rough. He's just sitting on that rooftop, just gone. Um, but uh, uh, back to Blue Beetle, Damien Al, Al Alcazar comes out in Narcos. Oh, he comes out in Narcos. I haven't seen that. I feel like a lot of good actors come out of there, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, they, they pick the good ones. They pick the good ones. All right. Um, I do have a couple shout-outs. They're birthdays. Uh, happy birthday, belated. I know it wasn't today, but happy birthday to my brother-in-law, Mike. I love you. Um, you've been a big part of my life, and I hope to continue having you as a big part of my life. And to my cousin, Marcos, uh, you again... You've always been there for me, and you're one of the most pure people that I know. So I appreciate you guys. I love you. Hope your birthdays were great. I have a birthday shout out too, actually. Um, Charlie had her birthday uh, previously. Uh, it just it just happened. Um, so yeah, shout out to her, man. Uh, six. She's in the sixth grade, middle school now. She had a slumber party birthday party, Taylor Swift themed. Um, there's this company in El Paso, man. I um they they she does like slumber party themes but like whatever you want it like if you want a harry potter theme they'll make a harry potter theme but she's like super into taylor swift right now so yeah. they did a they did a in her swift era theme type thing i don't know it all the swifties will understand what i just meant by saying that right so um it was cool i saw like videos and stuff had a slumber party so yeah shout out to her and um as those are my birthday shout outs yeah all right sweet That'll be it for us this week, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pod. Peace out, guys.